Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, and if you're new here, if this is your first time discovering the W2 Capitalist, we as the W2 Capitalist are here as a resource to help you and your family build wealth so that you can spend more time with that family, also to help you create a bigger nest egg and gravitate you toward building a generational wealth so that you can pass it on to your kids and they can pass it. You get it. The definition of generational wealth, right? But before we get into today's episode with Julie Holly, and I'm going to give you a warning, it is the best episode I have recorded to date. This is episode number 130. At the very end of it, I actually challenge everybody who's been on a guest on it before to come back and try to top today's episode. Before we get into this, all this goodness, I want to point you to our sponsor, Quest Trust. It is my self-directed IRA custodian. They were not my first, but they're definitely the ones now because they have shown me there are night and day difference between self-directed IRA custodians. And if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, if you have an old IRA, let's say you from a previous employer, right? You could have been let go yesterday or 10 years ago. It does not matter on the timeline. But if you have an old retirement account and you want to use those monies to invest in the real estate in your own deal, in a syndication, or if in just another business, you can convert that old IRA into a self-directed IRA with a custodian like Quest Trust. And I recommend you use Quest Trust. It's who I use, right? And you can use those monies to invest in a better, more reliable vehicle than the stock market, right? So check them out today. You can schedule your free consult with them at w2capitalist.com forward slash quest. Now, let's get into the best episode to date on the W2 Capitalist podcast. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Julie Holly helps people like you find their freedom through multifamily real estate investing so that they can live the life of their dreams. She's invested in single family homes, house hack before it had a name, manage properties from a thousand miles away and passively invest in multifamily assets. Her podcast, Ask Me How I Know, Multifamily Stories of Struggles to Success is designed to fuel the mind and soul through weekly interviews with industry leaders as well as a mindset episode. In addition to serving investors, Julie uses her skills to write grants for nonprofits to grow their reach. And I am super stoked that she is here and having this conversation with her. So let's bring her in. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Jay. I'm glad to be on your show. I've been listening to it and loving it. It's like a candy store. I I thank you. I appreciate that. I may cut that little clip out to use as a marketing thing. So Julie Holly is with us today. And Julie, we've got a lot of things we're going to, and we're going to go deep today. If you're listening to this, or if you're watching this, um, Julie dressed up, if you're listening to this, Julie dressed up. I did not. I'm in my normal t-shirt and shorts, right? So uh, Julie, you look very nice. Thank you for dressing up as, as all the stuff that I've seen, you look fabulous, right? So um, but you have, we're going to go deep today. We're going to talk more about emotions and, and stuff that guys like myself don't typically talk about. Um, 
But to establish some credibility, let's talk about your real estate investing experience to date, right? Awesome. I love it. By the way, I have to tell you that I have to be in long sleeve sweaters right now because in far north Idaho on the Canadian border, we have snow. So (laughs) I can't take any credit. It was kind of forced like, hey, you better put a sweater on or you're going to freeze out in your little studio. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So um, I began investing in my early 20s and my dad pushed me to make my very first purchase. And it was just a complete dive toilet sinking into the subfloor, rat feces, cobwebs, like (laughs) lead-based paint. It was just like fiasco upon fiasco go right but it was it was the it was like it is right now right now you know tight market and I was, but he was a residential agent I was able to get in and and get things done on the property um so fast forward I kept that house you know lived through so I kind of house hacked like lived through that whole remodel process yeah. and that was really fun as as a single person and then <laughs> <laughs> I kept that um and then my husband and I after we got married we moved to Denver and we were like, every time we have a house, we're just going to live within our means. I highly recommend that. And we're going to keep our houses and we'll just kind of acquire this little portfolio of homes. Um, and so here we are in Denver and that was our first rental. So that, that nice. was in California. And then we kept to that and right, this is kind of crazy. So we had to learn a lot of things the hard way. I'm going to fast forward this. I won't be too long, but um, <laughs> we sold it before our first child was born because we were nervous. And a lot of people make mistakes because they're nervous about things and they want to protect themselves. And we were new at this. We had nobody else to, there weren't podcasts back then. We Mm. didn't have any mentors in this investing. We were like the guinea pigs in our family of going about this practice. And so and people thought we were crazy, you know, because, hey, everybody gets screwed over if they're a landlord or that's board, right. You know? Yeah, that's a, that's a misnomer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, we were the risk takers. We did that and we sold right before the 08 crash. Like literally we sold that property, cashed out. <laughs> and like six months later, that property that sold for 230 was selling for 110. <laughs> so crazy. So- you could say luck was on your side or which I I'd love the humble. Hey, we didn't know what we were doing. We just, we just we, ended up selling it and you guys out of fear. Let's just, I'm, I really want to be yeah. clear because we've made some poor choices and learned the hard way because we made fear-based decisions and we lacked that infrastructure of having mentors in our life. And we've learned from that. And the, the learning is, okay, surround yourself by the right network, surround yourself by people who know what they're doing. And we have a commitment that we we actually have a quote and we remind each other, no fear-based decisions. And every investor <laughs> has to it. adopt that. Like actually just adopt That's that in awesome. all of life because it'll trash your life. Anyhow, we've picked up, we picked up different homes along the way. We've done tons of remodeling um, and just kept them. And at one point we left California. We had a, places in California and Denver sold off in the single family because we knew like everybody, Jay, can you finish the sentence? <laughs> it's just not scalable. Oh, it's scalable. scalable. <laughs> it's just, we really don't want to have this over here and this over here and that. And we don't want to do that. There's got to be a better way. And there are a lot of people that will argue with you. And there's going to be a lot of people on your side. <laughs> you know, and I won't lie. I'm looking at a 40 unit single family portfolio right now. Uh, I, uh, and cash yeah. flows and they're all together. I mean, like, 
really investing is about what makes sense and what cash flows. But, you know, ours were scattered about. And for us, we're like, we just really, if we're going to do single family, like we'd rather have them clustered together where it makes sense. Yeah. And everybody's investing criteria is different. Right. And and I think I am super conservative, uh, especially when it comes to multifamily, because when I get into multifamily, it's going to be other people's money. Right. And I don't want to lose my money. I don't know if I want to, I don't know what I want to do more. Do I want to not lose my money more than my investors or I would be okay. I don't know if I'd be okay with losing my money as long. I don't know which one. I have a hard answer on that one. Cause so the investors, right? I I never, if you lose your investor money, Jay, you just fired yourself for life. You fired yourself. I keep telling um, my, one of my mentors in my life that I'm like, I don't want to fire myself. <laughs> like, and, and it's not the sense that I like, I get that. And I completely agree with you, but at the, at the end of the night, which one's going to bother me the most. Right. Oh, and I I'm can't like, sleep. Oh. <laughs> Luckily I've never had to do it, it, but that's, oh, yeah, that's I know. Could I, you sleep? Oh, I couldn't sleep losing no, somebody else's money. I don't know. I sleep. Cause I hard. can rebuild <laughs> my own money. You know, I can rebuild myself, but I don't have, somebody else puts their confidence in me to rate, to take care of their money. And they trust me. And I don't know that they can rebuild that money. Like some people they're saying, Hey, here's my 401k. I work at this job over here. And this is a big, uh, you and and I were, we could probably go out and rebuild. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it's not going to bother me. It's going to bother me. (laughs) I'm just trying to figure out, I mean, it's severely going to bother me. I want to get a few more gray beards, uh, gray hairs, my beard. Just trying to figure out which one's going to be bothering me most, and it's probably going to be my investors because, like you said, that that's kind of like the death sentence right there, right? It um, it is. So I'll just the the final straw is that I discovered syndication and multifamily investing. I think most people in my life think that I'm absolutely crazy, and we invest passively, and you know we're moving into the active side, and a lot of that yeah. movement is about sleeping well at night like never misleading or misguiding anybody and actually having, you know, the ability to back up every single word that you say and, and charting a trail. I always say that, like, it's really, in my opinion, really important to go to blaze the path. If you expect anybody to follow you, you better blaze the path first and know what's around the corner. I do a lot of like mm. outdoor extreme sports, you know, <laughs> like crazy mountain biking in the backwoods where grizzly bears are. And, and, you know, it's like, you got to know what's around the corner. You, you're not going to just take anybody out there. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. Did you see the video of this guy? He was uh, walking in this Jaguar or cheetah or something like that came up. Did you see that video? Yes. Oh my there, gosh. There is, there's no, like, I, I would be screaming like a little girl. There's no way. <laughs> he kind of he was. He kind of well, was. <laughs> to me, that sounded manly versus the sounds that I know I would be making. That that uh, wow, big big stuff. Hey, so you talk about at the very beginning, you said you lacked infrastructure that produced some fears, right? Fear of doing whatever. When you guys were looking at that property in two thousand eight, whether you should sell it or whatnot, what was your biggest fear? What, what was one of those fears being? Um, if I follow the story correctly, you were about to be new parents, or you're already new parents, or what was the what was the case there? What was the, and what was the big fear, I guess? Yeah, the big fear was the, the unknown. And that is a, a fear that a lot of people are even facing right now in 2020 is the uncertainty, the unknown, the, because everybody wants, mm. especially new parents, new moms, especially yeah. want <laughs> that security of everything's going to be okay. And although everything had been okay, I'm a bit type A and 
our property manager had been great. There had been a vacancy that had been fine. We had reserves. We had everything situated just right. But, you know, then I started looking at, well, what if this happens? And what if, what if, what if, what if? Guys, what if is trash. It is trash for your mind. Just (laughs) The only what if I've decided I'll accept in life is what if good things happen? Like, like (laughs) if you start going down the, what if on the negativity and that's what I did, what if we have a vacancy? What if she can't fill it? Because now the economy is trash. And what if we're on the hook and it's a recourse? Cause that's, it was just a small loan and it's going to come back on us. And, you know, just the fear of what could this do to our, to our life instead of looking, and this kills me instead of looking at my normal optimistic side of what if this turns out great? I looked at all the bad things that could happen. It was like, I had my own PPM in my head, right? I didn't even know it. (laughs) I'm like, I looked at all the sideways situations and I reacted to things that weren't even happening. Yeah. And most new investors do that. Right. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head where you're, you didn't have the supporting infrastructure to, to, eliminate those fears, right? But how did you get past them? I mean, obviously you guys sold the property and it was a good move for you because right. of what was about to happen. Um, you you put out your crystal ball and you're like, dude, dude, <laughs> hubby, we, we got to sell this thing. But how did you, like you got past that and you saw, you know, you saw the downturn happen. How did you get past that and then start actively investing again, right? Whether it be passive or um, to this point where you're looking yeah. at the 40 unit, uh, portfolio. Yeah. Oh gosh. I've been, I look at all sorts of, I'm, <laughs> I'm becoming a little, I, I love underwriting, which is crazy. If anyone knows me, they'd be like, who's this person? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know you well enough then, right? <laughs> I know I've turned the corner. No, <laughs> but um, what happened? You know, we're both, my husband and I are both risk takers that complement each other. So he says, uh, John Acuff has this book, Start. I highly recommend it to anybody. Oh, yeah. And um, you've read it? Almost every book that he's read. I actually have his his finished 2021 calendar right here on the wall. And with like six months of it already filled up. So that is so cool. Okay. So (laughs) I... I just think he's absolutely fantastic. My husband is re-listening to start right now. And so he's like, I'm the wow person. The like, wow, this could be so great. And he's the how person. Like, how are you going to do this? Gotcha. But we are both willing to take risks and we trust each other enough. And so, and we knew what we wanted. And since things hadn't gone sideways with that, with that investment, you know, it, it was about, okay, we can do this. And then we started seeing, everybody buying all these houses and developing its portfolios after the crash, you know, people yeah. who had maybe more experience than us and everything. And, and we were totally like, how are they doing this? So that learning process of other people's <laughs> money and, but yeah. it's, it's a matter of supporting each other and trusting each other to take those leaps. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, what we're seeing in the market right now, there's a lot of that kind of what you described right there is the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. Um, but right now I see a lot of newbies entering the multifamily market and buying up stuff. And I'm like, I mean, everybody has different experience levels. I'm just when I label somebody as a newbie, they have less experience than I do. Right. And, (laughs) and it's just interesting on what they're paying for these properties. I don't even know how they're structuring the deals to make them work. But, um, part of me for a while there, I was like, man, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? 
And back to the infrastructure, I started throwing some deals at people that I knew and trust and said, hey, underwrite this with me, or can you underwrite this? And, and then let's see what we come to a conclusion on. And for the most part, I was still a little more conservative. Again, don't want to lose people's money. Don't want to lose my own. Don't want to lose people's money. Um, <laughs> don't want to lose money. How about that? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the thing is, and, and so this happened very early on when I was um, starting, very starting very early, trying to start out and asking people, hey, if I brought you an opportunity, what would you, you know, how much would you be willing to invest? And the question that that came up over and over and over again as a trending topic was, how much are you investing? I was like, oh, okay. Right. So I can't just be the sponsor. Like I've got to participate. And they're like, well, yeah, that tells me it's a strong deal. So every, <laughs> every deal got to have skin in the game, you know, and there's, there's ways to do that too, without having cash, you can sign on the note for the loan or, you know, be a guarantor or whatnot. Uh, and at that point in time, it's sometimes when you're the guarantor, you, you have more at risk than the investor. Right. So, so what I've done it kind of, we've set ourselves up to always invest in every deal. So, um, and, and for that, anyway, I'm losing my train of thought of where I was going, but totally lost my train of thought <laughs> with that. You're talking about infrastructure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Infrastructure. So that's one of the things that, that helped me get past. All right. I know what I'm doing and I don't know what these newbie investors are doing or who, what course they're buying or what guru is telling them to, to do this stuff, because it is amazing to see some of the deals that are going down and like for, for example, we there was a deal in um I said South South Florida. I told some people it was in South Florida, it was near Tampa, so not completely south, kind of west, whatnot. And um he was asking 1.9 for it. And we went down and looked at it just for other reasons. There was a hurricane coming and we kind of just went to dodge it or whatever. And um got back, started underwriting the numbers. Yeah, I'm at 1.1, you know, and this guy bought it for 1.4 two years ago. And I'm like, okay, you can have it knowing yeah. that probably next week it's going to go under contract for full ask. Right. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know how people are doing it. Uh, and, and, you know, shifting strategies, you're looking at single family portfolio. I think I'm going to get into um, sub two deals. I think there, I think we're about to hit into, and I've never done that before. Um, talked to a guy last week who's on the podcast, William Tingle, who's had 20 years experience in it. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm signing up with you. I want to, I want to have know more about this, uh, which I think is important. Right. And, and to be flexible and go with the market and don't just bang your head on the wall. And cause when I've done that, I don't know about you, but if, if I've done that before, I have forced the numbers to work on paper. And then we get into the deal. I have lost my own money. It is, it's painful. <laughs> it's it's so you said so many things that I want to respond to. Oh my gosh. Like just that concept of the FOMO. I I've had that like all year long. I've had FOMO. And so I, I lost a deal. This is funny. So I didn't even know that one of my friends <laughs> was submitting on a on a property, right? And come to find out you know, they haven't accept, accepted LOI. And I was coming in low because I'm mm. like you. I'm like, okay, the economy's, you know, we're coming to yeah. the flush out, all of this, like be smart, be conservative. And so I'm sorry, I have a minor disruption. Hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. My son just 
brought my kitty all, into my studio. Sorry. That's awesome. it's okay. <laughs> He's a good kid. So, so I, I mean, I, I actually reached out to that friend and I said, Hey, um, I am genuinely, this is a cool thing about this, about anything, depending on who you are. Like, I just don't care. I'm bummed. I missed out, but I'm really excited for my friend. Like mm. I'm excited that she's growing her portfolio in this way and, and yeah. everything. She and I went over her underwriting. I'm like, how'd you do it? How are you able to come on higher? And so she showed me, like walked me through where she was able to make things work. And so mm. the next thing you know, you know, I'm working over some other deals, working through this, this model. And then they throw in it's um, 27 units, but then you have 20 units that's modeled largely after the Airbnb model. And so mm. it's like, do I want to keep that? How am I going to, you know, do a rent yeah. schedule and these things out and all, right? Well, anyhow, she and I were going over this because the broker kind of reached out to me and said, hey, you know, if you could come in, maybe around this, <laughs> you know, the list price is, the list price was crazy stupid, you know, like price per door for the market was twice as much market value, right? Traditional. So I'm thinking. Do you think we, you think we should just get, like you and I could decide this, but in, in general, for general sense of the question, do you think we should just get rid of less price for for multifamilies? <laughs> I think that, um, I mean, it would be nice, but the sellers, <laughs> the sellers can't handle it. The sellers have their egos into it. And, and so, the sellers have to prove something to their, you know, they've got to prove something to their investors. Like, Hey, we just like quadrupled our money, you know, in, yeah. in one And year. I would be bragging about it too, but <laughs> the, this, this came up the other day and, um, uh, on somebody's post or like, why, what gives the right, the, the sellers, the right to ask this much for their properties? You know, it's a three cap in a D area or something like that. I was like, <laughs> well, the buyers are, the buyers are giving them the right to do this because there's idiots and people out there who don't know what they're doing and they're giving them this money because of it. Right. And that's allowing them to, to do that. And then, I don't know, but it can, the market decides ultimately. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the buyers decides. will, the buyers are the market. Right. Yeah. And then when they do that, then that just sets the bar, right? right? And then somebody else who has an ego problem, who doesn't want to be outdone by the other guy says, well, if you can pay for that for the property, then I can go pay for that for the same property and get better returns. And then just keep snowballing. And now we're, we are where we are. And it's it's nuts. But, it's crazy. But wouldn't you say that that's part of the economic cycle of all it of is, this? It is, it is, it is. It's I, like, we're all going to get- All I'm saying is I am upset. Down. I am upset that I didn't start investing uh, in 2010. Oh, gosh. and I'm regretting it now. That's that's the that's what I'm getting out right now. <laughs> Hold on. Here's the thing. I have great news for you. Okay, Jay, okay. it's coming back. Okay, uh, we're right. gonna have right. we're gonna have 2010 again, and we're going to pick up a ton of properties. And I always say, and I'm gonna bring a bunch of people with me when this transfer yeah. of wealth happens. This time, I now know, and now. I'm going to bring a ton of people up the ladder with me. That's my number, seriously, my number one goal. How are you going to do that? I am How are you going to bring people with you? I'm, I'm proselytizing. It <laughs> <laughs> is a new word on me. I may have to go Google that one if I can figure out how to spell it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Right? You're like proselytizing. Most people re think of that in a religious sense of like you're trying yeah. to convert somebody to religion, but you can proselytize anything. And uh, I'm you, just trying to get the word out there. You have to, because um, I've talked about this a lot where, you know, the people that I worked with, um, when they found out what I was doing, I was like, look, I'm 
telling you, I've, I've made more money in real estate than I did at my job last year. And this happened three years in a row. Are you curious about what I'm doing? Do you want to go have coffee? Yeah, no, not. It's All right. Just lazy. keep grinding away here and building boss man's future. You know, I mean, that's, it's just one of those things that like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't, but, I just don't understand why people aren't at least, cause I've had, you know, we, you come across everybody. And so it was yeah. like a lot of people though are like that. And I feel like they just have to keep kind of seeing what, you know, we're doing and seeing it work out because you have to break down what's been woven and embedded into yeah. their, their being of like, you know, stock well, market and 401k is only this way. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing I got to keep reminding myself. I'm going through this coaching program now where it talks you know, helping people heal from it labels what most people are working in their misery and their job and whatnot. Now, if you have a good job, I'm not talking to you, right? And you love your job, you're passionate about your projects that you do and everything. That's come something completely different. But people who are absolutely miserable, they have been indoctrinated from the time we start kindergarten, right? You're going to go to this building, you're going to sit in this desk, you're going to be told when you can go to lunch, you're going to be told when you can go home, and then you're going to take home, you're going to take work home, right? In school, we call it homework, but at work, we just call it, well, I got to take work home, right? Or I got to work late. That's really so true. Most people do um, 13 years of that, right? They start when they're about five, get on when they're 18. And then if they're lucky enough, they get four more. And now they're in <laughs> I debt. Like that you're like, if they're lucky enough, I'm like, oh, sentenced, sentenced to four more. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, uh, college yeah. is good in the right instances. College is great. I happen to be a college grad with, with bonuses to that. So no, I, I'm a but, college grad. I mean, I, I have an MBA, I have, uh, I have a bachelor's in computer science, but I don't think my kids are going to go to college. Like if it, my wife and I disagree on this and I'm like, my, we're, they're not, if they go, they're going to go to party and they're going to go have a good time. They're going to go figure out what life is all about. The education that you're going to get, and it's going to, not going to be for, they're not going to pull a, um, uh, a eight year stint there, right? You're going to go for right. two <laughs> and I'm done. The rest is on you. If you want to continue to doing it and uh, that's on you, but, but you know, it's not the education. I don't even know who said it, it might've been Mark Twain. I think you can throw out Mark Twain or Zig Ziglar in any quote and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, they said it. But it was, I think it was Mark Twain is said, don't let a uh, formal school get in the way of your education or something like that. It was along those lines right. of you don't have to go to a yes. brick and mortar school and sit there and do the traditional way to get educated. And I look at all the money and, and not just the money, but the time that I spent going to school and chasing after this big corporate job. And, you know, it was a bunch of time wasted. Well, was so I can't agree with you more. And I always say it's hilarious because I spent 13 years as a elementary public school teacher. I, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm going to at least see the back door. Let me bait Julie on this one. No, no, no. <laughs> I am not that. I'm not that clever. <laughs> well, I think you are that clever, but I don't think that you're ever malicious. Um, no, but, but it is, it's an interesting concept and here I've done it all where I home, started out home public ed teacher. I've homeschooled my kids. I went back to the public ed sector and put my kids in the program. And now I'm back to homeschooling my kids again. And the conversation in the Holly house is, has been, so we have a fourth grader and a sixth grader, but they've heard this for years is it depends on what you want to do with your life. 
if yeah. you are going to a profession that requires higher education, like you want to become a vet, because every girl at some point, if anybody <laughs> has a daughter at some point, their daughter will want to be a vet. I don't know what it is. Like it's a girl thing, I think. Even if it's for like two days. It's true. You know, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> yeah. So like, okay, if you want to become a vet or something that requires more education, that's great. But yeah. here's and you can be an entrepreneur and be a vet, right? You can have your own clinic, set your own hours, yes, all this good stuff. Definitely. Uh, the, awesome. the interesting thing is that there's been such this, uh, we have the wealth of information available to us that when you and I went to college, that wasn't available. Like mm-hmm. YouTube wasn't around like that. YouTube I mean, just university did not exist. <laughs> I know Google, I don't even, Google did not exist when I was in college. I'm labeling myself right now. <laughs> Me either. Me <laughs> like, either. Um, I mean, I was, we were on uh, Netscape and AOL. That's, that was a big thing then. If you remember yeah. that, if you're, oh, if that was your era. era. That's so, my uh, era. Yeah. That's my era. It was like a new thing, you know, it like, was. oh, there's this internet and and you can only have a couple cited internet sites. That's it. <laughs> I mean, still going up to the library, pulling down books. and. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So How they is, have a uh, different world, the kids do. today, and different options. And, and so I think even if you say you don't have to go to college, it's not, you don't have to get education. It just means you can find another path. You can find yeah. an alternate avenue. The holy cow. That will get you to where you want to go. Than- than uh when when i went when you went <laughs> wow um, well that's like a huge inhibitor i'm sure you've done the research i did a ton of research on the millennials I, like the average millennial has like 30 grand in debt you know just most people mm. they graduate college and i think the average amount that i've seen on all the studies is like 30 grand that's average yes. so it could be more could be slightly less but that's a huge amount and that just huge. slows you down and prevents you from taking the next steps you want in life yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, Erica Colbury on. She's an attorney talking about her, her uh, platform is about personal finance. And she paid off 225000 in student debt in two years. Now, I, I pushed her on the com- in the conversation. I said, well, it could, it could mean that, you know, we can make some assumptions that you're an attorney. You're making some pretty pretty big bucks, right? So it's maybe not that big of a stretch to pay that off. She goes, this is true. She goes, but I will tell you that my clothes come from Walmart to this day. They come from Walmart. She goes, I would not pay a $3 bus fare uh, to to ride the bus to work. I would walk. And it was a 30 minute walk. I was like, wow. Okay. So you're talking about, she goes, everything in my apartment uh, or almost everything in my apartment, it was given to me or came off of some used site right where they she bought it at a discount i was like okay so so you're you're true to this she goes yes she goes you can do it so uh, (laughs) yeah and when i when i came out of college i was pretty lucky i I had some student debt but it wasn't 30 grand uh and um my parents helped me out as well so very fortunate about that but they did they did throw me this curveball of uh because my brother is the athlete in the family and all four years of his college were paid for for uh, athletic scholarship and um so i'm filling out documents you know applying to auburn university all these big schools and stuff like that and they found me doing this it was my senior year and they're like well that's so who's going to pay for your school if you get accepted and and arrogantly i just look at them and i said well well, y'all are (laughs) they did that exact same thing they just started laughing they said oh no they said your brother found a way to pay for his college if you want to go you do too so i had to figure that out and then they help with room and board and stuff. But anyway, 
homeschooling your kids. So we are doing that. This is our first year. Our kids are now old enough. Um, we've got a six, three and a one. And so we're doing that this year. Any tips or tricks for us homeschool parents? <laughs> Be patient. Be patient, <laughs> okay. but, but have a have a schedule. I think yeah. that a lot of uh, a lot of what is taught is actually just teaching them some structure, mm. you know, and and giving them a. I think that that's really important and helps kids thrive a bit in yeah. knowing that this is when we're doing school and this is you know we do it for the these two hours in the in the day and then you're gonna play and you're gonna do this and this and this and all the fun and activities and the art and the whatever, but. Um, I think the best thing I did when my kids were little and we were homeschooling was we created a co-op and it outgrew my house. And because I like to, I think learning and community is fun. And this is one of the the hallmarks I think of homeschool education is that it replicates the real world better than anything else. Yeah. Which sounds weird if you, if you don't really think about it, but you have kids of multiple ages working it together. It sounds weird if you don't think about it. What did you I think you just said that. <laughs> I, I like if you if you don't stop and think about it, this will okay. sound weird, right? Yeah, yeah. I probably phrased that wrong. Um, but like you have all these people of different ages and different mm. ability levels working together or learning together. And isn't yeah. that the real world? That was one of the biggest shocks I had when I entered adulthood and like or you know, even in high school, getting my first job and I was working with, you know, it's 15 working at the foster freeze. And I had people, <laughs> that was my first job. It was awesome. And that will teach you when you're, when your long hair smells like French fry grease, you know, you want to move up the ladder. <laughs> so That's good. Yeah, you're That's working good. with people that are older than you or peers and you're never working in an environment where it's all people. It's a, it's not a ever a homogeneous group of people of the same age and same ability. And so it yeah. really teaches a lot of um, just natural empathy, compassion, ability to communicate amongst people of different levels. So yeah. we started out with like science and social studies as a co-op. I would say that's like my number one tip. Learn do, together. Do co-op. Cool. We, yeah, we, we outgrew it. Yeah. <laughs> we outgrew the house and we went to a church and the church gave us all sorts of building space to use. And it wow, was huge. okay. And then it continued on when when our family left. And we actually created Somebody a board. Is- yeah, it just, you know, it's it's cool. You can do That's a lot awesome. of really neat things that that live on once you might make changes, it can still go on beyond you. That's, that's neat. Yeah, we haven't, um, our church has been closed doors since COVID, <laughs> since COVID happened. Um, but that's a good idea when things start opening back up, if and when they do, right? <laughs> just um, start in your house. <laughs> just start in our house. Yeah. Start having some kids over for sure. Of course. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe we, we're not. Maybe we'll have it at somebody else's house. <laughs> maybe somebody else's house. You will hear mine scream from time to time here because they're they're just really loud no matter where they're at in the, That's in the kids. house. They're living. It, they are. Fun. You're exactly right. And I need to be reminded of that from time to time. I think um, everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, one of the things I want to talk about is, is as an investor, as an entrepreneur, uh, as a W2 employee, we all face this, right. And, and it's self-doubt. Do I know what I'm doing for my job? Do I know what I'm, if I'm going to say the right things on the podcast, do I know, you know, like, for example, I'm going to, I'm not going to cut it out, but earlier I, I was like, you know, if somebody's hearing this and they're like, Jay's not more concerned about losing my money versus <laughs> his money. No way. Am I going to invest with him? 
I get caught up in the conversation. I say stuff I don't mean, or it just comes out completely wrong. It comes right? off. It comes and off. I'm, I'm going way, yeah. to beat myself up tremendously over that. Uh, I'm not going to cut it out because I don't ever really edit any of this. It's just, just authentic, but it's going to affect me from the next podcast I have. It's like, all right, idiot, don't say you know, something stupid again. But we all go through this, right? And I'll look at opportunities where I want to invest in, and then I'll get ready to submit, a, uh, uh, submit an LOI, and I stop, right? Now, it doesn't happen. My confidence is, is, is building because I know so many people are telling me no because I'm so conservative in my underwriting. I'm just way off on the ask. So, and my thing is if I do the work and I, and I get my number, I'm going to submit an LOI. I don't care how yes. different it is previous to, to being told no all the time. I was like, Oh, if I submit this, what's going to happen next? What, what am I, am I, am I going to be able to raise the money? You know? So it happens, right? How do you deal with self-doubt? Because you and I had a conversation, somewhat of a conversation on LinkedIn about even coming on the podcast and you were like, I, I just don't know. Right. But you got past it. We're here. We're chatting. <laughs> I'm making a fool of myself. But for those people who deal with self-doubt of even getting started, right. And, and investing or just having a conversation with somebody that they know that they're close to. I want to, you know, I want to start investing in real estate. Some people listen to this, maybe like, I don't even want to have that conversation with them because I know what they're going to say. Right. How do you help? How can we help them get past that self-doubt to just take that first step? Yes. Wow. There, I have tons on that. Okay. First of all, I want you to know, I have the exact same thing. Every, not every podcast episode I record, but you know, there's so many times where we overthink and oh, yeah. <laughs> you just got to get out of our head. And I, I, I've been doing so much better over the last like seven, 10 years on, I can't go back and change it. Mm. And people will self-select. I like borrowing yeah. those words, right? People self-select who they want to be with and people who know who I am and who are following me will know the heart and the message and my philosophy. So those people, they're gonna say they're gonna see right past that and they're gonna know. I know I know that Jay didn't mean anything by that. I know yeah. that so I've I've kind of decided like you have to silence the naysayers. Like they just can't be part of your life because they're in this peanut peanut the peanut gallery, right? I can't even yeah. talk about <laughs> I think about it like this: like if you're on stage or you're anywhere. And you have these people and you don't even know them and you're going to base your life off of what they're saying or what they're thinking. And then on top of that, you don't even know if that's accurately what they're saying or thinking. You're saying right. all you're these telling yourself that. Your <laughs> and like 99% of the time, that's not even what they were saying and thinking. And if you're in a marriage, you know that this is absolutely 100% true because that's what the wives have these conversations. And it's like, that wasn't what I was thinking. My husband will tell me that all the time. I'll be like, well, okay. Yeah. And, and so if you kind of just apply that across the board and say, okay, also giving people permission to speak into your life is not acceptable. Mm. Decide who you want to have speaking into your life. Know who your inner circle is. They've got your back. You've got their back. And if it comes to business, they are experienced. And they have knowledge that is going to help support you. And they're only going to speak truth into you. And if your inner circle is not speaking those same truths to you, then you cannot grab, hold, or embrace any of those concepts. Like you might, yeah. if you're kind of getting the same like chatter all the time, you know, like, wow, Julie has too much personality. Oh, wow, she talks so much. Oh, then maybe I'm going to, you know, and then maybe I'm going to reflect on that 
and evaluate for myself and talk with my inner circle and say, Hey, you know, I'm kind of hearing this chatter and having yeah. a dialogue about it, what truth I can draw from that. And if it's something that I need to address in my life, but we you give will. so much power to people that don't deserve any power in our lives. I think my yeah. final note on that Jay is going to be, uh, Anyone who who watches me for any period of time, you hear about my dad dropping dead. And that's been five years now. And mm. he's my favorite, outside my husband, favorite human being <laughs> on the planet, like the best person on the planet, okay? The world lost a great one. All that to say, you realize when you lose somebody really close to you that uh, it really, other people really don't matter, mm. right? Yeah. And let me let me just kind of backtrack because you're not going to edit edit this. But when you, <laughs> you see that, I'm like well, you're not going to cut and slice, <laughs> you know, but you when you really know what's of value to you and what's of importance to you, you get to decide. And so now I have like tighter priorities in my life. And yeah. I say no to more things. So that is saying no to people with they can they're welcome to their opinion of me, but it's actually not, it's not on me to even know. Like it's not my business to know their opinion of me necessarily. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when it yeah. comes to business and I feel like an imposter, which is kind of what you're speaking to. So the audience <laughs> knows like I'm listening to Jay's podcast and I'm scheduled to be on recording today and I'm listening <laughs> to all these amazing people. And I send him a message. I'm like, Jay, uh, I don't think I should be on your podcast. It's like So amazing. And then you reassured me, you know, like we're just having yeah. a conversation. It'll be helpful to people. <laughs> so Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And I heard um, probably the, the, one of the best things dealing with this myself is it, I shouldn't care about people's opinion unless they are in your inner circle. And I'll give a little hint about that here in a minute, but unless it's somebody who I want to be in their position at some oh, point yeah. in time, whether it be financially or through relationships or whatever the case may be, you know, I'm not going to go seek advice from this overweight fat guy who is going to tell me, Hey, I'm not in shape because I'm not doing some sort of exercise. That's not going to land with me. <laughs> right. But if the guy who has six pack abs and, and whatever, and he's telling me, well, you need to go do 75 hard. Then I'm like, all right, I'll go check it out. Maybe. Oh, lazy. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. But to, to people's inner circle, and this is really difficult for some people, and you kind of hinted on this, is, you know, have conversations with them. And look, the 10 people you spend the most time with, make a list of them, go talk to them. Don't send them a text. Talk to them on the phone, get them in person, do a virtual Zoom or whatever, and say, look, I want to start investing in real estate or I want to expand my portfolio. I want to go, I want to shift from single family to multifamily. And if you don't get the most positive, reassuring feedback from that person, you need to start working them out of your inner circle, right? That doesn't mean you tell them off. That right. means you just don't call them again, you know, or, or your interaction with them are starting to be limited. Right. So, um, very cool. So, what what kind of I skipped over this because I, I wanted to get there were some good nuggets in there, but you mentioned something earlier about doing uh, extreme outdoor support uh, sports. Oh, yeah. Right. What are you, what are you talking about? What, what kind of extreme sports are we talking about here? Right. Yeah. So remember uh, the 1990s? 80s and the, and the sport emerged called snowboarding no kidding <laughs> so um to put things in context i i am one of four children i'm the bottom and i have three older brothers 
So that kind of explains so, so much about you me. You were well protected <laughs> growing up. Well, I always wanted to to be, uh, and most people want this, right? People want to be included and they want to be invited, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. we worry so much about the chatter going on because human humans want community in large part. I wanted that community with my brothers. And so I adopted the sports that they adopted. Gotcha. Um, okay. And then I, I ended up finding a sport of my own. I, I ended up becoming an avid rock climber. I lived an hour and a half outside Yosemite Valley, which is amazing because um, <laughs> it's literally world-class climbing. And so I got to do world-class climbing in Yosemite Valley. Anyone who knows anything about that knows that I got to live a dream. Um, (laughs) and meet some really amazing people and and actually got to work for Royal Robbins who's like just one of the pioneers and his wife was a pioneer woman in the sport so even like right now in in multifamily you have these women that are now charting the way for other women to be really in this space in a more you know prominent way and so it's neat because I, I seem to be in these little parts of pockets where, you know, women are just emerging or I get to be around the women that paved the <laughs> way. So it's super cool. Um, yeah. So I used to compete uh, indoor rock climbing even and got to be, that was powerful. And that will help going back to imposter syndrome. Um, I was on, you know, in competitions with people that you would see on the covers because I was competing <laughs> in the open level. And, uh, you know, you'd be sitting in isolation and you're sitting next to somebody that you see on the cover of Rock and Ice. Hey, guys, I want to take a break from this incredible conversation with Julie and let you know about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. This is a virtual mastermind built for all experience levels and niches of real estate investing. We have over 20 calls that are hosted at various times all throughout the month. And it's just a way for you to get connected with like minded people from across the country who want to see you succeed, who have been through what you're going through and want to help hold you accountable to building your own success. Link is in the show notes and you can find out more at w2capitalist.com slash mastermind. But now let's get back to the interview with Julie. Or Climbing Magazine. (laughs) And you're realizing, and this is like so powerful, when you realize that everybody is human, Mm -hmm. like they eat, they drink, they pee, they do everything. It's just they're normal people. I don't mean to be crude, but it's like when yeah. you realize everybody's just like a normal person, like she's just as as maybe not just as nervous as I am, but she's really getting yeah. in the zone and trying to focus on mindset and everything. So um yeah, and then I got into mountain biking and that's that's been my new favorite thing ever because we go on these epic rides that most people we say if you can hike it. You, if you can hike it, we can bike it. And, wow. Uh, okay. All right. They're just super intense. So you can check out pictures on my Facebook page. Like, definitely will. Definitely will. I, I see I, um, glorious views. <laughs> bikes and I do not get along. I just. Oh, what happened? I am clumsy by nature. I, I'm just by default. I'm clumsy. So me and a mountain bike. No, I'm I'm okay. Me and a bike doesn't really matter. Kind of. I have a small anxiety attack thinking about getting on one. You can start on a stationary bike. Yes. <laughs> it also, it's like physical work, right? I've got to get my butt in shape. It's funny you're talking about uh, rock climbing. I, I think I want a climbing rack that I can hang like right here above my door and get like I have a horrible grip. My son's kind right. of into like American Ninja Warrior stuff. Like, <laughs> right. You know what? We could we could get us a climbing 
uh, I think it's, I don't even know if it's a technical term, right? The climbing rack, it's just got all the little different finger holes and you just hang there. It's just a hanging board is what it is. Hanging board. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Hanging board. So, uh, I put one in my wish list for Christmas. We'll see. see (laughs) That's awesome. All right. That's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, homeschooling mom who rock climbs mountain bikes and invest in real estate. That's pretty awesome. Uh, all right. So you, you were an elementary teacher once what's harder, uh, and you were a realtor too, right? You, you've been a realtor. So what's harder teaching elementary school or dealing with prospective buyers as a realtor? Oh, buyers as a realtor there, you know, everybody, they all have their little spots, you know, I didn't think you would. I thought I told you before we started before we started recording. I was like, you just come across as just a a pure, passionate, compassionate person for others, and that right there is what I'm talking about. Like I would have (laughs) said, no way in heck am I going to uh, ever teach kids again. Man, those those (laughs) are straight from the devil. Uh, You know, they made me drink every night. Blah blah blah. And you're like, well, you know, everybody is just so. I don't need to be wishy washy, <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's just like uh, your six year old, your one year old. They get, yeah. they get their, you know, they have their their strengths. Like, okay, I like this about the age six, and you know, and you with your kids, and you're like, and the one, this part's great, and these are the challenging parts. Like every part of life presents a challenge. That's yeah. just part of life. And every so you, chapter's fun too, right? <laughs> exactly. So you look at the fun part of working with first time buyers, and you're like, oh babysit you, you know. <laughs> and then so you, you have a lot of patience. And then you think about, you know, working with sellers that want to sell overpriced and you're like, oh gosh, get off your, your box. You know, yeah. I actually saved people saved, uh, before the last crash, I probably saved hundred thousand for somebody just by pushing oh, wow. them. And I'm not a pushy kind of person in general, but I, I, you could see something was going to happen. Cause you know, you watch the market trends and I just pushed them. We finally got an offer. We had been dropping the price and uh, cause they were priced too high to begin with. And I just went to, <laughs> I'm like, and I was firm. <laughs> he was like a firm <laughs> voice. And I was just like, you really need to accept this offer. Like, and sure enough, like one of those things, everything crashed. <laughs> like, uh, I can sleep well at night knowing that <laughs> I did my job, but you know, the kids that like when you're working in the elementary setting, like knowing that you get to be part and I got to teach kids how to read, you know, that's going to be a strength they have for the rest of their life. And yeah, I did a ton of mindset work. So like, I always go back and forth between being like super, um, and this will sound funny to some people. My mom was a teacher and educator. My dad was a residential realtor as well as my grandpa and everyone's involved in real estate and somehow. And so I just it's like funny. intersect both of their lives, yeah. you know, and, and <laughs> weave them in, you know, all that to say, um, <laughs> now it's my turn to lose my train of thought. Okay? <laughs> but the, the question I was, I was going to say okay. mindset. So this last last time I was in the public mm. ed classroom, I really pushed mindset. And mm. that was, I think, probably the best thing. I feel so confident in what I gave those young children. Like they're eight years old when I had them. And to teach them that to redefine failure from the very beginning, to hear kids cheer each other on and say, hey, don't worry, you haven't failed. You're still trying. 
Like to hear that kind of conversation taking place and to know that maybe this can continue on, maybe this can be part of the, what's woven into their fiber so that they're willing to take the risks to become the best them possible. Yeah. The positive reinforcement, right? That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, So I was late because Zoom was acting up and you said, well, I'm glad (laughs) because I was having these thoughts about a mindset uh, episode I want to do for your podcast uh, asked me how I know, right? Which I, I love the name of that. And then you got into this. I was listening to my mindset playlist. I'm curious, right. what is on your mindset playlist? Right. I think everyone needs to do this. I was thinking I'm not on Spotify actively, but I was thinking I'd go create a playlist on Spotify that people could go and download. Um, and I think everyone should have that playlist that centers their mind. So For me, um, I have a real strong focus on my faith, but there are lots Mm. of things that feed into that. And, um, and I just find, find songs. So like literally uh, I'll pull up my playlist real fast. One of these songs came up, my son and I were driving home last night and I'm like, Whoa, will you put that on my, on my, it's called (laughs) mom's mindset is the name of the playlist. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so it's really eclectic. You asked, I mean, I have, it's not based on um at all on musical quality so i'm just gonna go there and say like <laughs> i don't have any britney spears on there I'll, I, you know but dang it <laughs> I, I was just gonna say i do have shakira i don't even know if that's how you say it but she has a song from zootopia called try everything she's like i'm gonna yeah, try even if i'm going song. to fail i'm going to try and then if i fail i'll just get up and i'll try back again so you find songs that resonate with maybe some of those uh, mental battles that you're facing. Mm -hmm. And then you find those songs that kind of combat it. Um, One of my favorite songs and my daughter sings it, you know, like we'll be in the car and she'll put it on, but it's just talking about shining. And it's like, you know, I just want to shine. I want to get to the top of the mountain type and I just want to shine. Who is that? That's uh, by, I don't even know where it is, but it's, you know, you just, my encouragement to everybody is like, you find songs that speak to you and keep you motivated and keep you on your path. And, and you know, that if you hit, not if, when you hit those, those days or those moments where you start getting into your head, like when you get off this podcast and you're going to be like, Oh, should I have said that? Oh, okay. Sorry. That's okay. There we go. Um, so, you know, then you can go back to that playlist and just kind of flesh out your mind and clear it out a little bit. So, um, I think one of my favorites though, is that shine courage to change by Sia is, I don't even know, but that's a cool song. Cause it just talks about, I have the courage to change, like just as a person, mm. like, and I think a lot of people have to have courage. I do I have to have courage to become the next version of myself. And if you're staying the same version of yourself, you're not being you <laughs> like that's nobody's true. supposed that to sing. True. You're not supposed to stay the same person, wow. but to evolve into the next like 2.0 version, you have to be That's... courageous to let go of some of the comfort. Yeah. If you're not changing, you're not being you. That's, that's pretty powerful stuff right there. I, at one point in time, I, I, um, I kept up with this. I don't anymore. Just I don't, hardly even know what day it is since I left the W2 world, which is incredible, but I, Isn't I would say, great? okay, this okay. <laughs> yeah, it is, um, I would say, okay, this is year 41, uh, or this is version, version, no, year 41 version, whatever the day of the year is. Uh, and that's my version number, right? And tomorrow I'll be a different. Oh, version. I love that. And um, so this is like version 41 dot whatever, you know, whatever the day is. I don't, I don't know where we're at on the calendar year, but um, 
It is November. I know Thanksgiving's right around it's the corner. It's 300 and, 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 and 40 something or 50 something, right? I don't know. But it would, it would have to be for my birthday until oh. now. Oh, so, great. That's and I'm not, I wasn't so born on January cool. 1st. So uh, I was trying to look up. Are you familiar with Aubrey Marcus? No, I'm not. But I'm going to jot that name down. So he he talks a lot about mindset and kind of unlocking your brain. He, he's now I'm going to warn you, he is way out there. Uh, on some of the stuff he talks about, some of the stuff he does, like it's like he will openly say that he goes and trips on acid, so he will have these visions of what he needs to do next. Like he he's out there. Like he's there are, like there are a he, lot of people that do psychedelics in the mindset space to get to open. They they I they do, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> bold bold move. It seems to be working for him. It'll never happen for me. I'm not I'm not that guy. But he he talks. There's some music that he talks about. I can't. Um, uh, it talks about how it's supposed to unlock the mind and put you in this different mindset. And I tried to Google it, but I'm totally butchering it here. But um, I was curious if you had heard of any of that. If you had tried any of it, I I've tried listening to the stuff, and it's supposed to be very motivational and. There's no words. It's just music that taps into different sound waves and whatnot. Didn't work on me. This is things hard as a rock. So <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't heard of that. So, my, but maybe I should look into it. You know, I have some some quiet music that doesn't have any lyrics. Yeah, but yeah. it's not. It's more in, just instrumental music. Well, so tell us about that. Ask me how I know podcasts. Like, what's the wildest topic that you've covered so far? Wow, the you know what? One of the top episodes, and I think it was just so fantastic. It's funny. I'm talking to him again tomorrow. Um, Isaac <laughs> Schwadel, and he is an insurance broker in New York. Okay. And we recorded during the the hurricane that they had, <laughs> the randomly over the summer, yeah. right? Oh yeah, and, I forgot about that. There's yeah. been so many weird things. Like we're on hurricane number four <laughs> here in the Florida Panhandle for the year. Like the next one that comes through, which it almost did, uh, we've been number four. And I'm like, there's just been so much stuff has happened this year. It's been wild. Anyway, yeah, I it's been a you, fun please. year. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, honestly, I've had. I feel blessed probably like you where it's like, I just have these amazing guests who are willing to just open up their world. So I think having Isaac on there and some of the things that he was able, like the insights and like talking about dog attacks on properties and, <laughs> and like real life scenarios that a lot of people don't think about. That was super fun. Um, I got to have Gino on there, Barbara, and, and he's powerful. He is his mindset. I just, I've always enjoyed listening to Jake and Gino wheelbarrow yeah. profits, but like just his mindset, I felt just in the presence of like this mindset guru and, and that was super duper fun. Um, honestly, I could just go on. I've had so many, so many amazing guests. And I think the best part about it is the part as you, you might agree that part before and after recording where you had these other conversations, conversations, where the best stuff happens. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a treasure. So if you haven't been on a podcast yet, you need to go hop over onto a podcast so that you can have one of these great conversations. Yeah. I think you and I are going to have one when we hang up. We got to uh, talk, talk about business afterwards. So um, at least I hope it's going to be good. Yeah. Anyway. The, the podcast, so I love it because we have, I have the mindset. I believe so much that you can't become the best any part of you if you have a mind that's in the tank. And so for me, dedicating Mondays to that Monday mindset episode. So it's just short and sweet and people can just like start their week with an intention because if you just do that every single week, 
I'm sorry. I thought I put my no- notifications off and <laughs> <Sorry>. like <laughs> chiming through. Um, and then I thought it was mine, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I could have gotten away with it. You could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not like that. Bummer. But high level of personal <laughs> accountability here. And then on Thursdays, having those interviews released and. And the idea is just to talk about different things that people have worked through, you know, in a similar way to what you do, you know, it's like, how have you become what you've become? Because people, everybody's just a normal person and if they can do it, it, you can do it. And they can, it's kind of talk about some of the demons that they had to conquer and some of the challenges they overcame. And I love it. I had somebody recently in the mastermind, uh, I was asking them some feedback on something and um, they just offered, they're like, you know, the reason I'm in the mastermind is because you, you just seem like you're a normal guy. And I'm like, thank you. I am a normal guy. What do you mean? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Maybe, maybe I just have the confidence to get behind the microphone. I, I don't, I don't like, I don't understand what you mean. It's we're all, no, we're all normal. So I figured it out. It's by a neural, by a, by neural beats, B I N A. Oh yeah. R A L beats. That's what I could not remember. It's going to drive me crazy. I'm glad you remember that. Yeah, now that you say that, I I have by heard. Neural, I by neural, I don't even know how to say it, but it's just basically for brain health and brain. You know, people use it in meditation and whatnot. It didn't work for me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think when you talk about people saying, "Oh, you're normal," I think that we need more people that are willing to just step out there. And a lot of times it is just a matter of, and that's what, I don't know what gives you the confidence or what gave you the impetus to be able to do what you do with your mastermind group <laughs> and your podcast and all the other awesome things that you are going about. But for me, it's, I recognize that I'm just like a slight iteration or maybe more, you know, the, the differences between people really aren't that significant. And so if I feel a certain way, more than likely, I represent a certain demographic in yep. the world and I will be able to reach them and honestly, like just be a voice for them. And that helps them go deeper into their own life because somebody yeah. else is saying it. Sometimes we have to have someone else say it for us. That's true. So that's that what, probably exactly what you true. did for that guy. I know. Hopefully so. so cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> what is What is seasonal affective disorder? And this is, this is the, you said that you mentioned this in a post you did on LinkedIn, uh, which you're very active on LinkedIn. So I'm going to recommend anybody who's hearing this connect with Julie. I'll put her link to her profile in the show notes, but what is that? Yeah, Cause see, when I watched this video, I was like, okay, this, this lady oh. is truly passionate about helping other people. And you ended it with just be a dispenser of kindness. And I was like, I am probably the opposite of dispenser of kindness. <laughs> like that's, uh, so, but what is seasonal affective disorder? Uh, what I'm going to, I'm going to start by saying I need a mug that says dispenser of kindness. Cause you I, do. then it you will do. remind me to be a dispenser of kindness or a Pez dispenser that just has a capital K. I don't know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. We need right. those so reminders, I, right? I, <laughs> I, I, I have to have reminders. I have a reminder, by the way, on my phone that goes off like multiple times a day with different things to remind me, like ask yourself good oh, questions, wow. Julie, literally, it reminds me, ask yourself good questions, or it reminds me of like, affirming traits that I don't feel like I embody that I want to embody. <laughs> so oh, and okay. actually, kind is one of them, which is really funny. But you know, sometimes you don't b- believe in yourself. I want to, I want to make sure I understand you. You have an alarm that goes off in your phone that says, be kind. It, <laughs> no, yeah, I, I love yeah, it. Because... No, I, I'm serious. It's uh, and it's, it tells me like, 
Hey, now this will make your audience laugh. So I talk about vulnerability. Uh, the, one of my reminders uh, that I'm, I'm personable, I'm fun, I'm bright, I'm sincere, I'm genuine, ambitious, I'm a great leader, an idea machine and thinker, and I can do unstoppable good. Like I have that go off like three times a day. So you just have reminders for affirmations. Okay. Yeah. And then I have some other reminders in myself. I think the one I ask myself the most on my little reminder thing is ask myself good questions. Because they're questions (laughs) that you ask yourself in your head, like not to harp any day, but oh gosh, are they really going to think that I want, I care about my money more than theirs? (laughs) Like, it's, it's, it's that, a good, it's a good question. It's no, but it's, it's that question that's like, just, it's like a washing machine in your head. Yeah. And it's like, it's not a healthy question. It's not even like, yeah, so I, I have to like ask myself really good questions. What's the I best question you've ever asked yourself? <laughs> the best question is why, why am I thinking about this? Why am I worrying about this? Wow. Okay. What, what control do I have over this? Those are the, the really powerful questions for me is that's cool. That's do really I have, good. if I don't have control, then forget about it. Mm, that's awesome. I wish you had a really strong back Boston accent right there. And you, you should, you could have forget about it. But anyway, yeah. that was horrible. I, I, um, I might be able to pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently I can't either. Um, so, so seasonal affective disorder. Yep. That, okay. So it's uh, basically, I grew up in California. It's sunny. It's great. And a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times people get affected by what's the change in the seasons. A lot of times that happens in the winter months because it's darker and it leads to a lot of depression for a Mm. lot of, for a, for a certain demographic. I don't know the percentages. Um, I just know that I found out after three years living in the inland Pacific Northwest that I was one of those lucky me, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, um, and Jay's referencing a post I did. I do this. I think every year now I talk about, um, winterizing myself and trying, trying to get that message out to others. I think that seasonal affective disorder affects more people. And people don't realize that's what's affecting them and that Mm. there are ways to help support them so that they can be mentally healthy and continue their momentum that they've had all year. They can continue that. They don't have to stop because they, they hit this point of, of sad. So I think it's hilarious that it's called sad, but um, is, the acronym for it is sad and it's seasonal <laughs> affective disorder. <laughs> it, it is. So, I mean, for me, it ended up, I was, uh, if someone listened to the entire pod, I, so I put a five minute clip of an 18 minute podcast episode on LinkedIn and the whole thing goes into like, I, I was teaching at the time. And I just was like sobbing. It's like pitch black at four o'clock in the afternoon. I hate this. I hate this time of year. Oh gosh. And, <laughs> and I just, I didn't even know what was going on. I didn't feel like myself. I'm calling my husband crying and, and I don't go to doctors. And I went to a nurse practitioner and, and she's like, you know, you just have sad, but it was actually very hopeful. And then she's like, yeah. Hey, this vitamin and this happy light. And she's like, who knows if the happy light works or not? (laughs) She told me that she's like, nobody really knows, but we both agreed. If it has a placebo effect, great. We won. It doesn't matter. You just want the result. You doesn't matter. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I don't care if it's a legit result or if it's just a (laughs) result in my head, it it had the right effect. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So three key investments. I've been sitting here looking at your logo and being jealous of your virtual background. (laughs) <laughs> I, I can't have one because it does something weird with my ears and I just look. 
Um, you can't grow but, your hair out. That's <laughs> uh, not going to happen. It, uh, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Um, tell me about three key investments. What are you guys up to over there? Yeah, we're up to acquiring properties and that's really exciting and a lot of work and it, exciting underwriting tons of properties. And like we were talking about earlier, waiting for the right opportunity and being responsible. And uh, I feel your pain. <laughs> like, underwriting pain. Somebody's, the broker told me just this morning, like I'm talking to the broker and he's like, yeah, well, you know, I think this guy's going to, is going to become the next owner of this property. Cause I said, I'm still <laughs> like you. I underwrote it. And then I took it to two people because I'm like, I am not I must be missing something. Somebody else has a LOI, you know, and it's still, uh, was that four, seven, seven, seven million less. Yeah. Like it, it was like still less than the seller's price. Right. So, awesome. you know, it was ridiculous, but, um, yeah. So just working to take down other opportunities. Um, I think one of the things I'm most excited about is, unearthing and this it really mirrors like just my heart in investing from the very beginning of single family and mm -hmm. that is um something happens when cities grow so i live in a small rural north idaho town but i've lived in denver and i grew up in a large suburb in california and i've watched what happens when things grow really rapidly and that's happening in one of my favorite markets right now and what happens is that your workers who just work the minimum wage jobs, they get displaced. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm actually, I've been having conversations with someone that has a similar heart, but a lot more experience and trying to come up with kind of the conversation he and I are having is how can we come up with a formula to create a strategy for cities to implement? And the mm -hmm. entrepreneur is like us, we will solve that problem. And if we can partner with cities, right, then we can actually implement a strategy and create quality housing, because I don't believe in slumlord housing ever. Um, yeah. And so creating quality housing to care for residents so mm. that everyone, so that people can still live there. So yeah, that's, so that's like, the, like a huge, huge mission, in a sense. It's like that's a the quest big thing. of mine. <laughs> that's one of the big ones. Right. That's, that's <laughs> one of my, my ultimate goals is to kind of crack that code. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I have not heard that before. Uh, and personally, I try to run away from the government as much as possible and do this. <laughs> so, um, I, I'm with good. you on that, but you know, and I, <laughs> I'm not into politics, but, but if it can help, if, if going that route and learning those ropes without doing lie tech and without encumbering the property with a bunch of other um, banners, if you will, like, I, we don't want to do that. Finding another way yeah. to partner with cities so that it works, right? Yeah. And and so that's what it is. It's 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 not something we're going to solve overnight, but yeah. um, but it's something that's really exciting and people need it. Yeah, that's. That's awesome. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about <laughs> yeah, that. It's, I that's incredible. I, I don't even, cause, cause here's the engineer, uh, computer science part of my brain start. Okay. How do you do Like, what's the next step? What do you, what should you be doing next? What should be focused on? Like trying to put all this, like your husband, who's the operational guy. Right. And he like, you know, it just starts clicking and I'm like, wait a minute, we're having a conversation. We're just talking about this. So sorry. I, I kind of went blank there for a minute. No, um, it's totally fine. It's, it's new, it's innovative. And it's what a lot of people don't want to touch because yeah. honestly, I, I don't really 
you're going to end up working with a demographic that if things got shut down again, they're not going to have a job. Mm -hmm. Some of them would be essential workers because you have grocery stores still and such, but you know, it's, there is a risk in it, but those people need people and they need housing. I like that. It's good stuff. One thing I also just realized is we are way over on time. Like I know you asked me before, Hey, how long are we going to go? And I said, about 45 minutes and we're an hour and 20 in. So nobody's going to listen to this. Oh my gosh. Everybody's going to listen to this. It's going to be the most popular episode ever. (laughs) I I will say today, uh, the best ever. I mean, so far. I was going to wait and say off, off air because I didn't want to make anybody mad, but uh, he's been on here before. But I, honestly, I, I've enjoyed the conversation. I felt like it's been very transparent. I have three questions for you. Uh, okay, I'll be fast. Quick, they're quick questions. They're random as can be. Um, okay. And we'll just, I'll spit them at you and we'll see where we go from there. And then we'll wrap up. Does that sound good? Okay. I don't good. even know. This is a new like segment. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, I don't know. I got to come up with something that's fake. we'll talk anyway. uh, we'll, we'll work on that <laughs> okay all right remember so, one of my affirmations is idea generator of ideas <laughs> okay yeah all right idea generator here we go um question number one what law i know we were not talking about politics before at all but what law do you think should be more of a personal choice instead of a law oh this is gonna really not uh it's not gonna be politically correct I don't care if it's a personal choice. I'm just letting you know. I might, I might, people might not like me after this. Uh, drugs. Oh, I'm just lost. Like people are not going to like me. (laughs) (laughs) So there's this whole, there's this whole little group of things where I'm just like, you know what? It's, we can't control everybody. Yeah. I don't like the other things that come in with that. And so that's why I have friends and we've had a lot of discussions philosophically on this. So I, I do hear everybody. Okay. Listeners, I hear you audience. I hear you. <laughs> but well, that's Oregon, Oregon's <laughs> taken a uh, step toward, toward that way too. Right. In, in this last election, they, they legalized a lot of stuff. I don't know. Like I think meth and, and like some hardcore stuff, they legalized it. It's, it's I don't know terrifying, what that means, but it's, it's terrifying to think that people can, can do that, but people do. I think marijuana is fine. I think marijuana is fine. If it was legal in Florida, I probably would. I, my wife probably wouldn't like it. So I probably would not actually <laughs> backtrack there. All right. Yeah. So Honey, don't uh, listen to this episode. Don't, I don't think she listens. <laughs> Does your husband listen to yours? I, I was going to say no. Every once in a while, I'll send him an episode and I'm just like, you really need to listen to this episode. It was so good. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I uh, I will. As a matter of fact, I'll go to her phone. I'm like, you're killing my downloads. You're not downloading the things on your phone. She was like, what are you right. talking about? I was like, you know, I host a podcast. She goes, oh, yeah. Oh, you do? <laughs> What? That's no. why you need it quiet in the house every week at whatever yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Question number two. What is one thing you think every human being should learn how to do? Oh, think. Mm. No joke. Thinking is completely underrated and people think that they can just naturally do it. And thinking is hard. I'm sorry. I don't like that word. It's challenging. It's tiring and it's rigorous. True thinking. And mm-hmm. I think our world would be in a very different place right now if people understood how to actually think. Like it. Love it. Okay. Uh, last one. What is the weird, you've been in a lot of homes, your realtor, your investor. Oh gosh. What is the weirdest thing that you've ever seen in someone's home, someone else's home? Oh my gosh. Okay. Let me go with just craziest experience. And it's really brief. I was showing property to, these, <laughs> to this uh, couple 
And it was a home. It was during the last recession and we go in, we go upstairs and there are squatters up there. (laughs) And that was, I I had to like really take a deep breath in and stand tall and like, I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. And I'm, you know, I'm a strong person, but I mean, if somebody wanted to take me down, I mean, like they could, so, right. <laughs> you know, it was a little nerve wracking, but the people did leave when I asked and everything, but that was wild. That would, yeah. Wild. That would rock me a little bit. Yeah. That's that rocked weird. me for a while afterwards. <laughs> yeah. You started uh, going to showings uh, with a firearm at your side at that point in time. Uh, I, you, <laughs> know, you already I did. <laughs> I won't lie. I did get a concealed carry in California after that. <laughs> you, should. you should. I think everybody I, I did. should. Yeah. It um, was a smart move on my part, I think. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, you walk into that. I mean, the, the very first time I bought a gun was when I was living in, co- living in college, came home from class. In our back door, somebody had tried to kick it down. I'm like, we don't live in a bad part of town. What the heck has just happened? You know? Um, But anyway. That's terrifying. Okay. That would be a lot. I would absolutely change. I would change a lot of the gun gun laws. I live in a place where people carry all the time. Like, I I carry. And we have very low crime. (laughs) Very, very low crime where I live. (laughs) There's a correlating factor to the, I mean, there's a connection there for some reason. So imagine Uh, that. Julie, I have enjoyed talking with you. Um, I would love to do it again. So let's let's connect and see how we can do it again and when we can do it again. But how can people, if they're listening to this, are interested in what you're saying and what you're doing, how can they connect with you? Um, please connect with me over on LinkedIn. Like Jay already mentioned, I love LinkedIn. It's super fun. If you're not over there and you're listening, find me on Facebook. Um, so I'm on those two social media platforms. And check out Ask Me How I Know. And you might love it. You might hate it, but you'll never know if you don't try. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Julie, thank you very much again. I, I love this episode. I wish, I really think that, um, I'm going to throw a challenge out there to all the previous (laughs) guests who are listening to this. You've been outdone. You have Julie, this episode is going to be the best. And here it is. You've turned red. I didn't mean to. Embarrass I know you, you just so crazy. Uh, and you didn't even want to come on here. I think this has been the best episode yet. So wow. thank you for, for well, being I'm, here. I'm and, really and, humbled. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate sharing your it. knowledge with us. So thanks for giving me the uh, the latitude to come on. You you made it very friendly. You're like, no, come on. It's going to be great. We're going to have it's a good time. I told you it was going to be great. <laughs> yeah. I think it's been great. So <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> awesome. All right, Julie. I will talk with you later. All right. Thanks, Jay. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Julie. Uh, it is by far the longest episode on to date on the W2 Capitalist podcast. And I'm calling it, it is the best one because the time got away from us because the conversation was just so good. So here's what I recommend as next steps for you. Number one, connect with Julie on LinkedIn or Facebook. Both of those links are in the show notes and you can find those at w2capitalist.com forward slash podcast. Uh, I know she primarily hangs out on LinkedIn. Definitely check her out there. Second thing is come see what we have going on in the W2 Capitalist community. There's over 7,000 people in there. You go to w2capitalist.com forward slash community. You have questions. You want to bounce some ideas off of some folks. They're there right now. The advice is free. If you want the paid stuff, got to come to the mastermind. W2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. Oh, I'll give you one more link too. I am now starting to host monthly webinars. I'm doing some. I'm bringing some guests in. You don't want to miss what's going to be going on in those webinars. Some very impactful people 
uh, in the message that they're bringing. So it's w2capitalist.com forward slash webinar. You can find out all the details and sign up for the upcoming webinars there. It's w2capitalist.com forward slash webinar. Now, let's get out there and earn, invest, repeat.